John 16, verse 13. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth. Now, the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. You with me? He's not called the spirit of whoops. I got that wrong. Because, you know, you know, if you go to the, watch the Psychic Friends, you know, you know, network, not we shouldn't, um, or one of those ones, you remember there was one out there for a long time, and then they went out of business. Couldn't they have foretold that? It's because it's not all truth. You with me? Because it's not the right spirit. So they can only shoot and guess and do different things or yield to familiar spirits. But there is a spirit. He is called the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth, and he cannot lie. He is 100% God, and God cannot lie. And he is here for our benefit in the absence of Jesus. Jesus said this, I'm going to go away, but it's to your advantage that I leave because the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of truth will come to you. Now, Jesus didn't go around in his earthly ministry lying, and he basically said the Holy Spirit will do in my absence what I did when I was present. And so Jesus often would... Uh, say things to the people, teach them things that would be helpful for their future, how they could approach God, how they could walk with God, how they could do different things. And then he taught some profound things and foretold things. He said this, before I come back, he said, Israel will first be displaced. You know what I find interesting? You ever read stuff? and find things interesting in the Bible? I do. I totally like architecture and design. The further I go, I like architecture. I like designing things that are appealing and comfortable to dwell in and live in and walk around. I believe this, that's a God trait. He made heaven very comfortable very architecturally designed and sound and appealing. You know, if you don't know what heaven is going to be like, go look at mansions, look at nice things, and then just know, even though they might have a warm feel, look really pleasing to the eyes, that's nothing. Nothing. Doesn't matter if you go to, I heard they had filmed this movie where there was a scene where they were in heaven and seeing the glories of heaven, and they went to Glacier National Park, and they say that's, you know, called the crown of the continent, just because of the visual stuff. But none of that compares to the real. God is an architect. God is a designer. God has stuff laid up in store. He not only has stuff, but he makes it appealing. Like, you're not going to go there and go, man, this door, you know, when you get a new home, you got to go through and inspect it to make sure it's right. You're not going to go, he's not going to have like a sign-off sheet when you get to heaven and go check and make sure it's okay. There's nothing going to be out of place, nothing going to be wrong. It's going to be super appealing to every part of you. And he's that way. But what's interesting is, is when Jesus was with his disciples, 
toward the end of his time on the earth, the disciples said, look at the architecture here on the temple. I, I like that because, you know, my background in construction and stuff, I like architecture. And I'm like, yeah, that's a cool thing to ask the Lord. I mean, think about it. They asked the Lord. They weren't all being all spiritual. Do you think that's a spiritual color, Lord? No, he just said, look at the architecture. Look at this building. And then he's, Jesus switched up and he said, yeah, let me tell you something about this building. There will come a day that not one stone will be left upon another, but it will be tore down. That happened 70 years after. And Jesus said, and they, he, they said, well, when will these things be? And when will the end of the age be? And when will your kingdom be? So Jesus actually in, in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, Luke 17, he shared these answers. So when you read the end time stuff that's taught there, you need to recognize when will these things be the fall of the temple? That happened in 70 A.D. Some of that stuff is done. Some of it will be right before he comes. And so out of that architecture question, he starts foretelling of things he said that soon would come to pass and some would be a long way off. And he said this, Israel and the nation would be displaced from its land until right before the end of time. And then he makes this statement, they would come back. And then he said, Jerusalem would be trodden underfoot until right at the end when the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled before the Antichrist comes, before my second return. So interesting, we're living in the day that many people saw the return of the children of Israel to the land. What's wild is we're now, if you pay attention to the news at all, you're hearing that the president has said, we are now declaring Jerusalem. Whether you like what he's saying or like the president or not, God has used good men, bad men, in-between men to make his plan come to pass. Period. Go read the Old Testament. There were people who were total enemies to God. God used them to save his people. They were not morally correct. They were not perfect. And I'm not saying I'm for or against, but he declared the capital, Jerusalem. Jesus said, before I return, he said, until right before I come back, he said, Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles, meaning non-Jewish people, and then it will be turned back. But what's interesting, we know from prophecy that there will be a new temple built, but part of it will be measured out where the Gentiles can still be. The Dome of the Rock is there. That is a Gentile place. It's real interesting that we're right at that point. But what I want to say is this. Jesus taught and was not... Uh, just teaching all the time of what would happen today, but he foretold things. And he was accurate. In other, words, in other words, when you read stuff in the Bible, and if it hasn't come to pass, it will come to pass. 
right? The Bible said Syria, a part of it, you know, wherever right there, would be laid waste, you know, its capital area, and would not be inhabitable before the Lord returns and would no longer be a city. In it wild, we're watching all of ISIS and everything. Where is the big problem right now? Right where Jesus said, or actually not Jesus, Isaiah the prophet said that that area would be destroyed and would become inhabitable. All that would take is something like a chemical weapon, some kind of dirty bomb to go off. And it's already a mess right now and people are fleeing there. Or just stay at battle and people just are dispersing in the tens and hundreds of thousands have. And are refugees and have run. These things will come to pass. Just like the Bible said. And so what I want to say is this. Jesus told us things that would come to pass. But notice what he said when he was leaving here in verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. In other words, I'm leaving, he's coming, he's still going to be guiding. And then he said, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority or of his own compulsion. The Holy Spirit does not just say stuff on his own. That's why I tell people the Bible doesn't teach we are to pray to the Holy Spirit and ask him questions, though people do. Because he doesn't speak on his own authority. He doesn't speak by his own command. You with me? Then what does he speak if he does speak and guide? Notice it says, whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever he hears, he will speak. What is it that he is hearing and who is he hearing from? Notice, he will speak and he will there is just not a stronger word than that. He will. Jesus will come again. That means if there's a 50-50 chance, he'll show up. 95% chance the Lord will return, right? He will. 95%, right? How about this? 99.9% chance the Lord will come. I mean, that's... That's pretty strong that he'll return. No, he will. That is an absolute. If we take an absolute and we make it less than an absolute, it's not an absolute. Would you agree? In other words, if something is going to happen, that means there is no way around it. There has been nobody from the 1800s or 1880 and before that has ever lived on and continued to live because the Bible said all people will die at some point. Unless the Lord returns, everybody has that appointment. It's a fact. 
There are certain facts. There are certain absolutes. And notice this. He said, he will. It doesn't say he will and then later on he won't. He just will tell you things. One translation says, show you things to come. He will show you things to come. One of the present day ministries in the absence of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, is he will reveal things that will come to pass. Go read the book of Revelation, just the second and third chapter. You can read the whole thing. But the Lord started talking and said, go send these messages. I know what's going on, and these things will happen. You need to do this. Then he made these statements more than once. He said, if anybody has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So there is something about hearing what the Spirit says. And so when we were worshiping earlier and you started noticing that, I believe there's a bunch of people who noticed something down on the inside of them. His spirit, the Bible said, bearing witness with our spirit. And so what is that for? Many things. So you can know stuff. You know, you can know stuff before it happens. Good stuff. And it looks not good. If you, I've done this before in situations in my life. Just start declaring, I have this. You said this. Just stay with it for five minutes and ten minutes. You're just as dry as anything. And then all of a sudden, a little while later, something just starts rising up on the inside. And I get thrilled, and he starts witnessing. I know it's a fact and don't even see it yet, but I know it's a fact, and it'll happen. It'll come to pass. His Spirit works in us. But he said he would tell us things to come. Notice the very next verse. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it or reveal it to you. So what the Holy Spirit does reveal, that's why we pray to God, because He takes the things of God and reveals them to us inside. He'll do that to every believer. That doesn't mean we're looking for a voice, but it does mean He will show you stuff if you've given your life to the Lord. If you haven't, it's the easiest thing in the world. Your whole life will change, and you'll start knowing stuff beyond what you see. That doesn't mean you're going to walk around saying, well, you know, to, tomorrow it'll be 75 degrees with a chance of showers. But that's what the news said, but it won't rain. But you can know stuff like that. There have been things that we have known, isn't, isn't there? There's been things where I've known I needed to invest in something. I remember one time I was driving around, I had taken some piece of fixture off my bathtub, it had a drip, so I took it off, turned the water off outside, left, and the Lord kept dealing with me, go home, go home. And I knew my house is in danger. And I thought, it won't be a problem. I even called somebody twice and said, the water heater won't cause a fire or something when the water's turned off. No, no, no. I get home a few hours later. I didn't realize my water line was connected to a neighbor because it was a condo, and I had taken the cap off the water off of the spigot outside. They had capped it. They had to get ready for a wedding. They turned the water on, ran in theirs, and it ran in mine and flooded my whole place. If I would have obeyed, I would have gone home, and it would have been fine. But then I've had other things where I remember one night I was leaving church, 
And I just knew on the inside, don't leave. And I sat there, and everybody left the parking lot. And I sat there. And I said, Lord, um, in the parking lot, I need to leave. And it was just an inward knowing. And I sat there for five minutes, <laughs> you know, or about five minutes, and all of a sudden it just left, and I had a piece. I went, all right, I'm going to go. I said, Lord, you know, I don't always know what's going on, you know. So I get on the freeway to go, and there are just cars. I don't mean one, two, three, four, five, six. There's more, almost maybe a dozen cars all pulled over, and the last one is just pulling over, and they all have flat tires. They were all picking something up right there in the road, and I just drove right on through and said, praise the Lord. But, I mean, he'll show you stuff to come. I remember one time driving down the street, and there was a restaurant I wanted to go to that, that had, I knew it had good breakfast because it was a breakfast place, and there was a bunch of construction trucks there early in the morning. So I determined I'm going to go there. And as I was getting ready to turn to drive in, on the inside, the Lord dealt with me, don't go. And I said, Lord, you deal with me about not going places and going places. Can I go and see what it's about if it's not dangerous? He dealt with me and let me go. So I went in there, and the place jam-packed. So I ordered my food. Make a long story short, after I'm there 20 minutes and nothing's going on, and I hear them talking to the person next to me, they came to me and said, um, we'd like to just pay for your orange juice for free. I said, for what? And they said, well, we only have one cook, and he got mad and walked out. So we can't give you food. And I, I said, oh, I'll pay for my orange juice. I said, thank you, Lord. I just am glad that I knew. But, they, but you know, he can let you know a lot of things. He let me know how to, how to be here, here, right here, right here in Mesa, Arizona, instead of the other part of Arizona when the Lord was dealing with me to move. And I just had an inward knowing. And I tried other places, but it was right here inside but you can get all in your head and make your own determinations, but you just got to know where you belong. And God will guide you for your benefit, for your family's benefit, for the benefit of the kingdom. It's not all about me, you know. People used to say, what are you going to do? You're always down at the beach and not literally, but I'd go maybe three, four times a week and either body surf or spearfish. And, uh, and it would depend on how the waves were. If they were bad, spearfish, food, snorkeling, the view. The waves are big, I'm swimming. I'm in the water. But the Lord's dealing with me. They said, well, what are you going to do over there? They, they said, there's a lot of beaches with no water. <laughs> I said, I'm going to obey God, and it's going to be right, and it's going to be good, and I don't care. I'm going to obey Him. And they said, well, who's going to go with you? I said, I'm going to go by myself. And I don't care if anybody goes with me. And I've always been that way since I started serving the Lord. I don't care if anybody goes with me. I don't care if I go it alone. I'm going. Because when it all comes down to it, I'm giving account to him, not all the people who said they would or wouldn't come with me. You with me? But I knew it. But I do know there are things that we do know that we don't always share with people. You with me? There are some experiences I've had you just, you just don't share that are from God. And there's other ones that, that you do. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew 10. But I want to say this concerning those scriptures there in John. He will show us things to come. It is his purpose 
for us to not be in the dark. In Thessalonians, when it talks about the end times, he talks about certain things and saying certain things, and Jesus said this, so that we wouldn't be caught off guard like a thief in the night. Some people are totally caught off guard by things. Believers don't have to be. We don't have to be caught off guard like a thief in the night. You know, thieves don't normally advertise coming to your house at 3 o'clock because you would prepare. Jesus said, I will return like a thief in the night and come upon people, you know, like it's dark, you know. He said, but this will not be true for my people. That's good news. I don't have to be caught off guard about things happening and things coming. And they can look so contrary to present circumstances. You with me? I want to read this here in Matthew 10. Actually, this is a verse that kind of been reading at prayer or parts of it. And uh, Matthew 10, but I'm only going to read this one part, verse 27. It says, Matthew 10, 27, Whatever I tell you in the dark, in the dark. Now, that doesn't just literally mean physical darkness, but the Greek word literally means in secrecy or in private. Remember, Jesus said, when you pray, go into your closet and pray. And the Lord who sees in secret will reward you openly. In other words, we don't have to just go pray in front of everybody and put on some big show, but there are many times the Lord talks about a secret place or a closet or a place that's just not out in the open. You know what one place is that's not out in the open? Your spirit. I remember this one girl hadn't been saved long, and I actually led her to the Lord here in town or in another town here in the valley. And uh, she really got saved. And uh, she said, you know, I went out on this date with this guy. Can you help me? I'm like, Dr. Phil, better believe it. And uh, I said, what? She said, I was sitting across the table from him thinking, he's good looking He's this, he's that, and she said, there's something scratching me down on the inside. It's just horrible. It's like somebody's dragging a rake. And I know I don't think I'm supposed to be with him, but everything looks like I should be. And he wants to be with me, but there's something in me going, uh-uh, and it's not a voice. I said, well, well, that's easy. The Bible said his spirit would bear witness. His spirit would direct you inside you would have a knowing about things. Here she is, not hardly serving God long, and I'll tell you what, the ideal thing would her not to go down that path. She didn't in time. She backed away from it. Wise. I could tell you more about that story. She asked me out. 
I laughed at her. She's very attractive. I mean, really attractive. I laughed at her. I said, no, not going to do it. Because you know what? When I was driving down the 10 freeway, the Lord had already spoken to me about her. So I was already ready. Woo. And then I laughed at her. I said, you've never been turned down before, have you? And she said, I haven't. She said, how about coffee? I said, how about no? Why do I need to allow my emotions to go somewhere they don't need to be so I have to unravel them later? Right? Why do I have to go look at the fruit tree that, you know, Adam and Eve looked at and go, oh, it's pleasant, it's appealing, it'll make you wise? Oh, let's just stay away from the tree. Let's just move. Hey, if I know don't eat of the tree, let's just move away from the tree. Thank you, Jesus. But he'll help us know things. Sometimes I just know. Other times it's like a still, small voice. I've had the Lord speak to me in an audible voice. That's not very common. But I have had that happen. But notice here, he said, whatever I tell you in the dark, in the quiet place, in your closet. So here that lady is sitting across the table. Everything out here looks good, but inside she's knowing. You know, I've bought homes and cars that way knowing. Don't do this. You know, some people just don't even pray, don't even think. They're so caught up in their head, they'll make a decision because i got to have this. And it's better just to slow down and know. You with me? It's just good to slow down and know. It, I mean, I could tell you stories, good and bad, where I obeyed or didn't and thought, I need to know. But here's the thing, every believer can know and can know stuff. He said, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And whatever you hear in the ear, and you understand this, the ear he's talking about is the spiritual ear down inside. He said, preach that or proclaim that from the housetops. There are some things we do tell and there are other things we don't tell. There are some things that have been in my heart for years that I had never told. Some things, you know, 10 years and then I finally told somebody. But I do know that a couple of weeks ago I was uh, walking in my living room and was going around my coffee table and all of a sudden the Lord started speaking to me about me, but about us as a church and about the people of the church or the people that are here and I heard these words come up out of the inside of me real clear that 2018 would be a year of significance. Now, you understand this. I didn't plan this to be at this time of the year because if anybody knows me, you know I don't play that game. We're going to have a year word for the year. Well, you may and you may, fine. But I don't do that if I don't have one. I just keep going on what I knew. But, but the Lord deals with me regularly about things. But a couple of years ago, you know, it's been just over two years ago, the Lord dealt with me on the inside and spoke to me about the church and about a time of change that would come. 
and, and, and there would be good changes that would come. And, and it was amazing without telling people at first, I, I know Pastor Linda knew and made some mention, almost every single leader in the church moved into a certain area without, and some tried to move into different areas. I thought, well, just leave them alone and let God deal with them. And sure enough, they all moved. And then people who weren't leaders in the church and people who weren't going to the church moved into the area and moved into that same area. You say, what area is that? I'm not telling. <laughs> and I know that other people said the Lord had dealt with them to move too. And I was actually surprised when I saw people move into this stretch of area. And there were other things that happened during that period of time. that, And, and the Lord was clear that it would be good things that would occur. But I do know this. I heard him say this on the inside that 2018 would be a year of significance. Also, he spoke to me. Uh, and said this, that decisions will be made and then outcomes will happen based on decisions that still need to be made in individuals' lives. And here's something that I heard that I know for a fact he said, this is something that stuck with me and has kind of been burning in the back of my thoughts. But choices that were made, fruit will now come. And then I know he said this, the beginning of the year, we will begin to see that fruit become born out and seen. And I've pondered that on the inside. And I know it's stuff that's already in the motion because decisions that have already been made and choices that have already been made, that there is going to be fruit that is going to be start becoming apparent. People are going to notice things. And there will be things that will be born that are already in motion. And when he said the beginning of the year, I knew he didn't mean six months down the road or four months down the road, that there are decisions that people have made, that they've made choices to do things in the Lord, and that fruit is going to be start being born and start going to start being seen. It's going to be a glorious year for us and for people, and things will be seen. And there will be things that have been spoken long ago, and some of those things will begin to bear fruit and be seen. And, and here's the thing concerning that last part. I know it's because of things that were already dealt with and done. And we'll see it. And they'll be noticeable. And I know this, that whenever the Lord deals with me about things like this and to do it publicly, they're not going to be things that you're going to go, I wonder wonder about that and you're not going to have to twist it and make it be it'll just be and you'll see it and go yeah that's it right there just like other things that he's spoken to me about we're in a good place as a church and there are things that have been dormant for a long time but now because of choices that were made but I do know there are still opportunities for people to make proper choices but there's some that it's already done, the motion is already happening, and we're going to begin to see some fruit. I know this when I got done as I was sitting down and started to write. I even said it out of my mouth. I said, Lord, there's still more you want to say about this. And I've prayed about it, and even the Lord dealt with me a few days ago. I got in the car and just started driving to pray, you know, pray in the Spirit, because I know there's still more. And even when we were singing about the second or, or the third song or whatever, uh, God started moving on me. And I was like, well, will I have it today? 
But I do know this, whether I get the more, I know there's more. 